What's up, everybody? It's Paul. Yeah, welcome to my first ever bonus podcast episode. Um, first off, thank you very much for tuning in, listening in. Uh, the response I've been getting from doing this has been overwhelming. Um, and that's not to say it's, uh, you know, we're not quite to a million downloads just yet. Uh, but I have gotten quite a few emails and texts and, and LinkedIn messages. Of, uh, people really seem to be enjoying it and, and they're supportive. And uh, so I really do appreciate uh, everybody's outpouring. So thank you again. Um, you know, I started doing this uh, for fun. It was a, it was kind of a COVID project. It's been on my to-do list for a long time and, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep going. Uh, I wanted to record this. Uh, I have had a couple people reach out. Uh, if you've been listening to the podcast and we're in, we're through four episodes so far, <clears throat> you may have noticed that there's a, uh, a small common theme slash pattern that's emerged. And that's this, you know, and I keep bringing it up because it's a pet peeve and uh, I'm probably guilty of gravitating conversations towards it, but it's surrounding lean transformation failure rates. Um, a couple of years ago, I wrote a blog post entitled Why 0% of Lean Transformations Fail. And I did that for a few reasons. Um, as an engineer and a scientist, it really bugs me when I read articles online that claim 75, 85, you know, whatever percentage of lean transformations fail. And they don't back it up. There's no citations given, and it's really just anecdotal. And what really kind of irks me is when people say, well, you know, industry standard is, or experts agree. And I'm like, well, I don't think that's true. A lot of the people I know don't, don't buy into that. So uh, I spent, gosh, I don't know, two or three days trying to go data mine off the internet. And I found a couple of places where uh, they had something other than what I would call anecdotal data. But um, like I said in the blog post, uh, I think that those results get misconstrued. So the first piece of data is a 2007 survey that was done via the MPI group from Industry Week. Um, that survey, it was uh, just over 400 anonymous respondents. Uh, I haven't seen the report. Um, I looked at the MPI group's website and it was, I don't know, like six, $700 to get that uh, survey and read through it. And quite frankly, I didn't want to drop that much money on it. Um, but Industry Week itself actually did publish some of the results. And I think when they did that, it got, misconstrued. So one of the questions was, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, so don't hold me to it. Um, but one of the questions was, if you've held a lean event, whether it be Kaizen or whatever, uh, did you achieve the anticipated result? Well, only 2% of companies that responded said they had. So I think that gets misconstrued to mean that the other 98% failed. Now, I have a lot of questions. Number one, it's 400 you know, 433 to be exact, anonymous respondents. So what industries were they in? Were they geographically diverse? Uh, who were the people that you asked? Were those people in different disciplines? Uh, you know, it, these types of things, you really have to pay attention to all these kinds of variables. The bigger question to me though is, uh, 
anticipated, who came up with the anticipated result? I've been in plenty of Kaizen events where the project charter said we were going to get to 100% on-time delivery or 100% customer satisfaction or, you know, some absolute number. Well, if you've done this for any amount of time, especially if this is the first Kaizen event that you've ever done in this particular area, whether it's in the office, on a shop floor or wherever, it's highly unlikely that you're going to get there on your first shot. I usually say lean's a lot of small ball which is to say it singles, doubles. Every once in a while, we'll hit a home run and that's great. But who, again, who came up with the result? And I'm not a big aim for the stars and maybe you hit the moon and I'm satisfied person. Uh, I'm all about, hey team, this is where we need to get to. And maybe it's not on the first step, maybe it's not on the fifth step, but this is the goal. You know, we talk mission, vision, values, um, I think those things dovetail well. So again, I just, I question, you know, against what metric are we saying that we didn't get to where we're going to get to? I'll say that when I wrote that uh, blog post and I subsequently have uh, kind of retweeted it or reposted it, um, I did have a few people that, you know, loved it. They're like, thank you for writing this. It's, you know, this is kind of the way I've been feeling for a long, long time. And I can appreciate, you know, that you've kind of tried to put some data behind this. I had other people who absolutely hated it. I had people email me, tell me I didn't know what I was talking about. Um, I had one guy accuse me of throwing this out as a red herring and that I have an, a, an allergy to the word failure. Uh, I had another guy accuse me of being paid to write it, which is not true. I, I wrote that. I did it for myself. Um, so it's very interesting to me. Um, that something like that would, would garner so much attention. Uh, because, you know, LinkedIn, social media is littered with articles of 75%, 95%, whatever, failure rate. And nobody bats an eye at that. So that was kind of what was bugging me. Now, I will say too, I'm not saying I'm right and everybody else is wrong. I'm nowhere near that arrogant. I'm freely admitting that I have a certain perception I have a certain bias, um, and that's kind of where I'm coming from when I wrote that. And I'm not discounting anybody else's perceptions, thoughts, ideas, because they may have legitimately much uh, a much different viewpoint than I have, and those are valuable. You know, this world would be a pretty boring place if we all agreed on everything all the time. Um, but again. Uh, you know, even since that time, I did some more digging. And then actually, this thing is called the illusory or illusory truth effect. Um, and what that means in layman's terms is that something gets repeated over and over and over and over, that it eventually gets accepted as fact or as truth. And in this case, I, I just can't get behind that. Now, going back to the, uh, to the uh, survey, uh, Again, Industry Week actually did publish, you know, some of the results. And just under 13% of companies that responded to that same question about, you know, did you hit your goals, reported that they made no progress to their goals. Now, that's higher than I would have guessed. Um, so maybe you can make the argument that they failed. Um, I think that's a semantic argument. 
And I don't know if it really proves anything one way or the other. Um, you know, and again, who knows what that means? No progress from one person's perspective may be, you know, not be true for somebody else's. Um, you know, in our engagement workshop, we talk about Mark Jabin's work about the hidden brain. And, it, and this could be very well guilty of that. So maybe some manager somewhere says, no, we didn't make any progress. Whereas everybody on the Kaizen team knows better or knows different to say, no, actually we did do a bunch of stuff and it was really pretty good. So again, without seeing the results um, of the of the survey itself, I don't think I nor anybody can really draw any conclusions. The other piece of data that I found was from Robert Miller. Now, he used to be the executive director of the Shingo Prize. And uh, a decade ago, in 2010, he was on a radio show called Radio Lean, which I think is now defunct. I went looking for it and I couldn't find it anywhere. Um, I'll read you his quote and then we'll talk a little bit about it. And this is what he says. About three years ago, we felt we needed deep reflection. After 19 or 20 years, we went back and did a significant study of the organizations that had received the Shingo Prize to determine which ones had sustained the level of excellence that they had demonstrated at the time they were evaluated and which ones had not. We were quite surprised, even disappointed, that a large percentage of those organizations that had been recognized had not been able to keep up and not been able to move forward and in fact lost ground. We studied those companies and found that a very large percentage of those we had evaluated were experts at implementing tools of clean, but had not deeply embedded them into their culture. So first thing that comes to my mind is amen. For a long time, I think, and I was guilty of it too, when I was in industry as an engineer, we did focus on tools and, and didn't focus on the culture. Um, thankfully, I would say, I, I feel like that is changing nowadays. Um, I, I see a lot more discussions around that on social media than I did, you know, say five or ten years ago. Um, when, but my interpretation of his, uh, his quote here though, again, doesn't lead me to the F word. I don't think those places failed. I, you could say that, you know, maybe they regressed. Maybe it's not as good as it once was, but certainly I, I have to believe that they're better than before they started, you know, down that path. Um, I will admit that I've never, I've never been on the Shingo review board. I've never been at a manufacturer or a company that um, tried to go for the Shingo prize. Uh, I can only imagine how rigorous that is. Um, I have, however, been through numerous, I'd say, I dare say hundreds of audits from the government when I was uh, you know, doing stuff for the military, uh, the FDA, ISO, AS. Uh, so anytime we've had an audit, you know, we do cram for the test a little bit. So I'll just throw this out there. Maybe that happens when the Shingo, you know, people were coming in to review. I, again, not having been there, I don't, I don't know. Um, but again, I don't, that, uh, reading his quote here doesn't lead me to to failure um so i just i guess like i said i wanted to record this because i think it bears some discussion um and i think it's probably easier if you hear me speak it than if you just read text because i think that could get also again misconstrued um and i'll just say again 
I'm not saying that I'm correct here. I'm just saying this is how I interpret these things. And ultimately, the reason it bugs me so much is, you know, even though nobody's going to any conferences recently because of COVID-19, when I have been to conferences, whether it's OPEX or AME, and I look around, there are thousands of people at these conferences. And that tells me that there's still a thirst for knowledge and understanding and trying to figure out how do we actually do this stuff? How do we influence culture? What does this mean? When this happens, what do you do? What do I do? And in the absence of being able to get together and have those types of discussions, we're now forced to do things like Zoom calls or Teams or rely on social media. And and that's where I kind of have a problem. As a lean practitioner who puts out content, you know, I feel like I and others like me have a responsibility to present arguments and data, but in as much of a non-biased way as we possibly can. And there's just no data behind these these claims of high failure rates. Now, what I will say though is, you know, those numbers get thrown out there and then supporting arguments get paid. I agree with those supporting arguments. If it's not supported from the top, then you're gonna have issues. If there's a misunderstanding about what lean is and does, uh, you know, you're gonna have, have problems. Uh, if people think it's a cost cutting or a, worse yet, a way to reduce headcount, then absolutely, that is not what this is all really about. So I agree with those arguments for sure. Um, and I've, you know, I have, you know, I'll say pseudo confronted some folks, um, both online and in person. And they kind of all freely admit that. They say, yeah, well, you know, it's it's just a way to grab some attention, um, you know, to, to kind of make a point. And again, I agree with those points. Um, but ultimately, I think it's, I think it's insulting and certainly not supportive of respect for people. And I'll give you an example. I've been in plenty of, of events, call it a Kaizen event, where a manager put on a project charter that we wanted to be 100% whatever, on-time delivery. And the team worked really hard for three, four, five days. Um, you know, we formed, stormed, normed, performed, and really felt like we'd made a contribution. And at the closeout, you know, maybe we didn't hit the goal of 100. Maybe we get to whatever, 97% or something. No way am I going to agree that that's a failure. Now, I actually had somebody email me the dictionary definition of failure, in which I'm like, great, thanks. To where I'm back in my seventh grade English class. I, I get it. Now, if you want to use that term to engage with people and say, hey, we didn't make it, but what can we do different? What can we do better? How can I help you? Then I don't have a problem using the term failure. But again, I've been in plenty of boardrooms with VPs and directors who throw that word around and don't use it in that manner. Um, they use it like, and they made all of us feel really poorly. Like we didn't work hard enough. Or we didn't do enough. That's where I'm coming from. So I'm done with people using it that way. 
it's like, it's not, this isn't all or nothing. That's not what lean is all about. That's why we call it continuous improvement, emphasis on continuous. Now, if you want to have a semantic argument, fine. Let's go there. Continuous by definition means you're not done. Therefore, you can't fail if you're not done. You know, someday I hope to run the Boston Marathon. I could not walk out my front door and go do that right now. Does that mean I failed? Or does that just mean I'm not there yet? Now, as far as I'm concerned, failure is when you quit. If you quit and give up, then yes, you fail. The best part of lean, I think, and, and certainly respect for people, is when the light bulb goes off. And if, you've, if you're a lean practitioner and you've done this for a while, you, you know what I'm talking about. It's that time when somebody who might have been on the skeptical side of the spectrum all of a sudden gets it. And you see that aha moment, that light bulb go off, that paradigm shift. And they're like, yes, I've been, you know, I, how many events have you been in where somebody's like, oh my gosh, I've been saying this stuff for years and finally somebody's listening to me. Let's go. And they are, they're ready to run through a brick wall. Those are the times, that's what this is all about. Those are the times I live for. If you quit and give up, you know, those times might be just over the horizon, just over the next ridge, around the next corner. And you're not gonna get there if you quit. So that's my message, I guess, today, is don't quit. I'm not gonna quit doing this podcast. I'm not gonna quit bringing you interesting guests with neat ideas and, and thoughts to share and different perspectives that I think are interesting and that I hope you find interesting too. So I'm not going to quit and I, and I hope that you won't either. Um, and again, thank you all for, for tuning in. Um, sorry if this got a little ranchish. I just get, I get really passionate when it comes to this kind of stuff because having done this for more than 20 years and having you know, a few handfuls of those moments when you see somebody really brighten and enjoy coming to work, you know, and all the good things that come along with, you know, when we do this right. I, I, I have a psychological reaction when I see anybody claim that 90% of all of our efforts are gonna fail because I just don't think that's true. So I'll leave it there. Um, I hope you think about it. But if you're uh, if you're listening to this and, and you're sitting in the parking lot ready to go inside to work, go get them today. Uh, don't give up. Enjoy the rest of the week and the weekend. We'll be back with a new episode on Monday uh, with another interesting guest who's uh, a change agent. We do talk about failure rates and kind of how bogus they are I guess and I'll say it, it you know that way um, she's given a TED talk before so she's really engaging I know you're gonna like it um, have a great weekend everybody and I appreciate you bye-bye